Welcome to the Ask Alika podcast, where we answer all your questions about business, marketing, and technology. Welcome to Ask Alika. Today, I have with me Mark Pownall. We were just debating how to pronounce Mark's name, and I think I've got it right, Mark. Haven't I? You've got it spot on, mate. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. And that is a rarity in this wow. world, let me tell you. Mark, you've come a long way, mate. I want to hear about your story. My listeners want to hear about your story. You're the CEO of Business News now, um, but you've you've been with them for 17, 18 years. Yes, that's correct. Amazing. And you started off as a editor, journo. I joined them. I became. I was the editor. I joined them as editor of the of the then the newspaper, and wow. there was a website, but you know it wasn't really a priority. Yeah, yeah. And what was your first job? What was your first task? At, if you remember when you were that when I joined when business you first news. joined business news. So that was a that was quite something. Um, so I had been a journalist, a business journalist at the West Australian, and right. I had um, I'd gone away to the on holidays to the Olympics in Sydney, mm. um, and I had an offer from Business News um, before I left to be their soon senior journalist, and I was yeah. thinking probably I'd take that up. Um, and when I got back, I got offered uh, the job as editor because I was told things had changed because the existing editor was leaving. And he was leaving on whatever it was, the Monday, and could I possibly get there by the Monday? And I managed to move things around and kind of get there fairly quickly. But really the first thing I had to do was get, I think I had uh, three days or four days to get a weekly edition out, or it might have been two days, mm. can't recall. Didn't have much time. Um, and obviously the, the, the existing staff were there and, 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 and they knew what they were doing. But nevertheless, I was suddenly responsible for this newspaper. Wow! Um, from you know, so it was uh, it was from from day one, right? We're getting this out, and I was obviously going to be a big contributor to that newspaper as a writer. So it was. Uh, yeah. I, look, the learning curve was incredibly steep, and uh, it was exciting. And I will say, at that time, and for some time after, we would crack a lot of late nights. It was not uncommon. <laughs> to do um especially as we were a weekly publication so we would the the, the night before yeah. publication was would crazy be, you know if we went home by 10 we were lucky quite often it was two or three in the morning a couple of times we saw dawn wow um and of course maybe even the night before that too we would be up we'd be there till nine wow. or 10 getting stuff done and we'd be there early in the morning so it was pretty full on wow so i'm going to jump ahead because of what you just said so things have obviously changed since then in terms of the culture, like because think a lot of things are online. Sure. How's it changed? Like, is that oh, even a look, thing now? There's a million. Look, there's a million stories about how we've changed. But I'll just say on that particular point. Yeah. We have a peer group in the US of we're a member of the area, the Alliance of Area Business Publications. So in the US, there's mm. sort of one of us everywhere, right? Every yeah. every city and even some minor, you know, county areas will have something like us. And we go and go to their conference. So I went to one of their conferences and talking to all the editors there, I explained how we did all these late night stuff mm. every once a week and all that. And they just looked at me and go, why? And I thought, okay, <laughs> no one else is doing this. Why are we doing this? And it did seem like a newspaper thing to have the, the yeah, late night and, normal. you know, rolling your sleeves up and somehow getting news print in your veins and all this sort of stuff. 
but so uh, ink in your veins. But re- the reality was we didn't need to. And we just we just reorganised things and wow. told people they had to file, they had to meet new deadlines, and and you know people just had to do stuff earlier. And it, yeah. it worked, and it smoothed the flow of the yeah. work. The work. So instead of it being a hectic two days yeah. and a slack couple of days, it became more even, wow. more normal. Now, did you always want to be a CEO? Was that your aspiration from the start, do you think? Or was it something that halfway through you're like, oh. Uh, look, I'm probably the accidental CEO. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever really – I, at Business News, I'd been offered it a couple of times right. in, a, in a kind of like a, would you think about this if you're interested as a pathway kind of thing? And I'd yeah. kind of said, oh, look, why? I mean, I'm yeah. enjoying running happy. The, 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 the editorial side. Um, mm. And – so I, I, I guess, um, and I sort of look back and I go, well, maybe, maybe I should have. Probably now that I'm there, I think in hindsight, I probably should have said yes. I'm interested <laughs> earlier because, in the end, it was probably inevitable at some point. Yeah. Um, and I would also say that I've paid attention to a lot of CEOs along the way, mm. and I guess as a journalist, sometimes you think, why on earth would you want to be in that guy's shoes? <laughs> you know, because quite often as a journalist, yeah. you. You're dealing with the negative rather than the positive. And, yeah. and as business news, we tend to be, we try to be positive rather than negative in most cases. But nevertheless, you look and you think, ooh, it's, it's tough. <laughs> so I guess um, there was probably a bit of me that thought, well, why would I want that? It's a bit like politics, right? Why, yeah. would you want, why would you want to do that? Yeah, it doesn't look great. You get to see all the unglorious stuff under the covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was your initial reaction when you were actually formally offered it for the last time? Like the last time, yeah. (laughs) Well, again, I'd been away on holidays and um, the chairman of the business um, uh, sent me a message. I think I got got back on the Sunday and and there was a message there saying, could we meet on Monday? So I knew there was something a little bit serious about to happen. Um, And and I guess, uh, you know, it was just, it was, do I want to run the company? You know, the, the existing CEO has decided to leave, mm. you've got, um, you know, a couple of weeks to think about it and you've probably got about six weeks till you need to take over yeah. from recollections about that long. I think I had most of June to kind of, you know. So I – and he said, you can ask any questions, you can look at anything. And he, yeah. and he gave me the where the business was at, some stuff that I probably, even being on the management team, didn't fully know everything, yeah. although I knew pretty much most stuff. So it wasn't – it went – we weren't a great deal of surprises, but there are a couple of things that he, he made yeah. me aware of. And I guess I didn't take long. I, I, I you know, I love uh, the business. I think it's fantastic business yeah, we've got. it is. It's a good one. And, and, I, and I really, I think there are times in a business when, when you do need, um, like, the outsider to come in and shake something up and bring something yeah. different. But there are also times when what's obvious is obvious. Yeah. And... A steady yep. hand, someone who's who knows their way around things, yeah. could could can work it out. And I and I reckon it was my that, that's what I thought. This yeah. is this is I can do this. Yeah. Um. And and so I was I was up for it. There were a couple of things that caught me off guard after that, but uh, <laughs> you know it was those those things again. If I probably if I'd been thinking about being CEO yep. beforehand, I think I would have been better prepared. It's almost like you're fighting it for a while, and then. And then it was inevitable. There's a yeah, I think a little bit of a, that. There is a bit of that. And and look, if you look at my background, yep. Um, I mean, I got a, I did a commerce degree. Yep. Um, I've worked in business journalism. I've been on the management team yeah. of a 
media group for, you know, the better part of yeah. 17, 18 years, you kind of think it's, it's like, and I'd implemented it. It makes sense. I'd implemented a couple of the bigger yep. things that we'd done as well, you know, yeah. digital transition. I'd played a reasonably big role in that. Yeah. So I kind of think in a way it was logical. Makes sense. But again, it, it, if, if yeah. it's, it's better to be prepared. Yeah. So what, what, where you, are you wanting to steer the company or where, when you took it over, did you have some goals in your mind as to what you wanted to do with business news? Look, I probably had a little bit of a an editorial goal, yep. um, and and maybe and and, I, and and to be fair, I got a couple of things done quickly mm. that I felt were easy easy, easy wins. wins. Yep. But uh, the truth is that one of the reasons why lots of those editorial goals hadn't been achieved or <coughs> content goals, we call it, is because. Yeah. The focus of the business it's it's bigger than that yeah and 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 that part of the business soon yeah. soon became obvious to me that i had to spend more time you know in other parts of the business and that's yeah. developing um you know some of the longer term relationships we have and and enhancing them and you know advertising sales subscription sales yeah. these are events management these are the revenue parts of our business yeah. and they're really yep. important and what we do with the interface with the the reader or the subscriber is vitally important to all of that. Yep. But the the subscriber wasn't screaming out for a change at the moment, mm. so I think I kind of had to back off a few of my very bright ideas <laughs> yeah, yeah. and concentrate on some other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So you obviously have met a lot of CEOs. You've dealt with them in the past. You've seen the good and the bad. What are if you and if you can be practical and specific about this, mm. that'll be really cool. Yeah, sure. What What are some of the good things that good CEOs do? And then we'll talk about the the reverse. Sure. But what are some of the good good traits? Yeah, look, I I reckon um, good CEOs seem to s- set. Uh, first of all, they 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 establish culture, and they really they really seem focused on maintaining that. And, and culture is a really broad word in my view. So it's yep. partly about how people behave within the business and how they talk and think. But it's also some of the, you know, the mandatory things. The business will do this this way. Yeah. And this is what it's there for. And, the I, you know, to me, the, the really successful CEOs seem to be um, those that best focus on that and continue with that come – Hell or high water, yeah. as they would say. Yeah. But yet, and there is the caveat, are able to adjust enough yep. to move the business as it's needed. But they're not chopping and changing. They're yeah. Not, they're not grabbing the latest fad. Yeah. Um, and look, it's funny, you know, even within our own business, we've we've done lots of things that you look back and you go, oh, crikey, was, was that a fad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it probably was. But, you know, I think... Um, if you can keep the underlying business really steady and straight, so that everyone kind of knows what you're in it for, I think yeah. that, that that would be my yeah. my uh, fundamental driver. Yeah, that ste- I think that steadiness, stability, focus is underrated. And we, when we first started this company, we used to just be like, "Oh, let's do that." Let's was so excited all the time, and then. Yeah. You're not just wasting time and money. In. And it doesn't mean you don't need new <laughs> things and it doesn't mean you no. don't do mergers or acquisitions. you got to be but, smart. But everybody who's involved with the business, inside yeah. and outside, says, oh, they did that and that fits with the way yep. that they normally Perfect. act. It's in their strategy. It yeah. makes sense. 
That, that, I totally agree with that. What What are some of the bad things that you've seen? What What do poor CEOs do wrong? Yeah, well, I guess the opposite of that would be the start. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, this idea that they're going to change the business overnight with something yep. remarkable. Yep. You know, I, I, I guess as a journalist where you see that a lot is in acquisitions. Uh, you see people buying things that they think are going to change the business overnight and yep. inevitably it does change the business overnight in the wrong in a way. bad way. Yeah, I shouldn't say inevitably but in a lot of a cases. Lot. And, and if it doesn't absolutely bring a business down, sometimes the digestion rate yeah. is, is so slow yeah. that, it, it, that it, it fails to deliver what it, what it should have delivered. Yeah. Um, and, look, I think, again, you, you know, that it's, it's not so much that that was a bad decision, but even the best CEOs make bad acquisitions. It's the fact that there wasn't, there wasn't a rule of thumb as to why they did that. Yeah. And when they did that, there wasn't a rule of how we get out of this or how we make it work. Yeah. Um, and some of those CEOs, you know, you, you often see them, they're often the loudest, they're often out there. You know, I'm talking about the public companies. No, I know what room. you mean. Yeah. They're the loudest, they're out there, they're looking for the headlines. Yep. They're making a big deal. Yep. Um, and quite often they've come in from a different business. Yep. They've got this job, they're changing the culture and the organisation to suit themselves. And no one has no one has really yep. thought through what yep. that means. And and you, you're right. Like if any, like what I've learned eleven years in this business is that things take time. Things just take time. Too long. Sometimes. Bit, bit, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Too. And then you're at the other side, which is things take too long sometimes. Yeah. Um. So you got to work, but you, but yeah, you're right. You've got to be in it for the long haul. You can't just expect good changes to happen overnight. You know, it doesn't work that way. Now, Mark, what are you passionate about as a CEO? What What are some of the things? Oh, look, I'm very passionate about our business and and our, the role of our business. Mm. Um, I think there are lots of sectors where I think people could have equal passion. So, you know, like in terms of the community element. Oh, I mean, oh more, more I mean, sorry, more I mean in terms of your, your role as CEO, what are you most passionate about in your role? Is it dealing with people? Is oh, it the sales side? Is it the sure. editorial? Look, I would like to say that, again, I, I, I want media, independent media, we're independent media to thrive, yep. survive and thrive through a period of disruption to media and in WA, what's been an awkward, difficult economy. So I see my role as someone who understands that element, which is obviously the content editorial element yeah. and events and things like that, and how I can best deliver this crossover disruption without taking away from the strengths of what independent mm -hmm. media offers. So yeah. if the, in a nutshell, and I know I've kind mm -hmm. of worked my way around the answer, but I see it as a problem solver. Yep. I see it as, you know, we've got within the business, we've got problems and we're trying to make a solution without, with, with ev which something that everybody agrees with that doesn't, tarnish the brand or yep. affect the culture yep. and similarly we want outsiders who want who've got problems and we're trying to find solutions that fit what they need without yep. us you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so yep. to speak no i like that i like that it's very strategic yeah it's quite pleasant to solve yep. problems I find yeah I, you know i've always enjoyed that well that's good well a <laughs> bit of a funny one what are you least passionate about in your role yeah look i look i think the toughest thing about and I, I guess I alluded to this. I had a whole bunch of, yeah. you know, I'd sat there in the background going, 
um, if only I could be in charge of IT when I was editor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would do this and I would do that and yep. I would do this. And it's been really frustrating to see how grindy things are when, when yep. you're in charge of everything. The competing interests make um, yep. resort, you know, competing for resources really tough. It means yeah. projects really slow down. And, um, and, and that can be even the hardest bit about it that there's a project, you're not in love with it, but you know you need to do it. And it takes a lot longer yep. than you hoped yep. it would. Yep. And so you find yourself, you know, as I am, six, seven, eight months down the track, yeah. not having achieved some things that I thought would be yeah. easy wins. Easy yeah, wins. Yeah, I know. But there's a bigger picture, like you said, and so many other factors you got to think about. Yeah. Big and that's a leader's and, job. They come and distract you or they distract other people. Yep. Or they're just they're more important at the time. So, you know, you'd know that 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 idea and, and that and I would admit that I'm not yet as skilled as perhaps some CEOs at keeping projects on the deadline on yeah. moving and managing to just push that other stuff aside, that noise. Yeah. That sometimes you know, some people have that closed door, you can meet me at ten o'clock in the morning and you can meet me at three o'clock in the afternoon. I've got an open door fifteen minutes in either window and I kind of I haven't gone there yet, uh, yeah, yeah. but, but there, it is tempting because a lot of people come and knock on your door to get something really important to them solved. Yeah. Before I started this business, I used to be quite arrogant. I used to look at other businesses and go, oh, you know, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Look at their customer service. And I was talking to a dentist mate who has a few clinics and he, he said the same thing. He goes, before I started my dental clinics, I thought I was – you know, such a genius. I'd go to a clinic and I'd be like, why don't they do that? Why don't they do this? Oh, what's wrong? And then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh. Yep. There's so many other factors to consider. And yeah, of course, if you if you could fix it, you would. But but if you fix that, then you can't fix that. Well, because you just, Yeah, you're not doing something else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and then there's conflict of interest. Like you said, then there's politics. There's all sorts of things. Look, I, I grew up in a, a business family, an entrepreneurial father. And, I, and I, that's why I think I've always been really sympathetic to business. And even... Even guys that are, or, you know, mm. business leaders that have, I would say they've done a pretty bad job. I've always had this sympathy that, well, you know, there's so many factors hard, and, yeah. and it's not all under your control. And even the best. It's not black and white. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not black and white. Yeah. There's so, so many things. But now I can, you know, generate a bit of sympathy for myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You can feel sorry for yourself. Um, okay. So who are some business leaders out there whether they're local or whether they're famous who are some that you respect a lot and why yeah right so look a really obvious one and i don't know how um well known he'll be to your listeners but michael cheney is someone that i followed oh, yeah. pretty much from the start of his career as ceo right um and i, I tell you that it's there's almost like this He's sort of the exemplary version of a CEO following the West Farmers pattern. And you talk about steady, on you go, keep going in the same way. And I, I was working at the West when he was in his early part of his career. And, you know, he was often compared to other CEOs who were doing amazing things and buying stuff and getting bigger. And, and uh, you know, the expression we had for West Farmers back then was, Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, to use somewhat of a sexist comment but or cliche. But, yeah. you know, they always missed out. They always seemed to miss out. But they had their rules. They weren't going to buy anything unless it delivered this amount of value. Yeah. And they weren't going to pay too much because that value would obviously diminish. The return on investment would be, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't perform. So they would pull out of all sorts of things. Now, you know, 
West Farm, you, can, you know where they are today. They are the biggest industrial company in WA. They yeah. are the largest private employer in the country. And mm. he set that up and took them to that next level, well. albeit probably the Coles purchase, which came after his time, was the next one. Yeah. And, but in between, he did so many things. So I look at that and I go, and he just wore the flak. The media, the fund managers say, oh, they'll never do anything, they're hopeless, you know, and in the end just stuck to his guns. Wow. And I think that was really, really important. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, you know, broader, I guess I, I look at lots and lots of different entrepreneurial type of people as well. And, you know, an entrepreneur is different than someone like Michael Cheney who came up through the ranks of a really large organisation. Yeah. Um, but I love uh, Michael Malone from yeah, IINET, yeah, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. I loved the way he did things, um, really personable, very much. You know, we had him. He was a 40 under 40 winner, yeah. um, and I remember one year we had him on a panel. First of all, he gave one of the best speeches ever, a winner ever gave when he won. Um, but we had him on a panel, and I, and I remember we talked about One of the questions is the, the classic um, work-life balance question, you know, which everyone, everyone <laughs> tries to answer. And he just was so honest. He goes, I have no work-life balance. I just <laughs> love work. And unfortunately, I my family that. comes second <laughs> by a long way. And it was so honest. So and so honest. I, in a way, I don't, I don't necessarily want to follow that or admire that, but I also understood that he just loved what he did so much. Yeah. And, and it all came out. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, you can see where that business, I think, you know, since it got taken over, it's not – the same thing. No, it's not. I mean, I, yeah, I even call their support. Like when Michael's running it, I, call, I would call their support. I get an answer and they pick up straight away or I get a call back in four minutes yep. and that has completely changed. So, I can see it, yeah. And I guess the only argument there is if it was the best run business, then it would have been doing the taking over rather than being taken over. Well, that's right. That's so exactly right. you kind of go, oh, well – in the end, yeah. no matter how much I admire him for building that company yeah. from, from his mother's garage <laughs> or whatever it is the story he tells, um, there is that point where you go, well, someone came and decided it was worth more money That's it. Than, than, than the rest of the market. You touched on a really interesting point, um, the difference between a CEO or, yeah, like a CEO and an entrepreneur. Yep. And I think there, I never used to understand, but there's a difference. Yeah, there is. There's a a careerist is different. An entrepreneur will build a company and they'll end up running something they've established yep. and a small percentage of them are capable of growing that business to scale yep. and continuing on to run it. That's and the it. best of them obviously bring in the right people around them and somehow manage to keep control. Yep. And I would say also the best of them keep those businesses focused where perhaps other external leaders would direct yeah. them in the wrong place. Yeah, but yeah. there are people who hang around too long, and I've seen that. And then you've yeah. got the careerists who, you know, they, there's a place for them. They're, once these entrepreneurs have built these businesses, they, they can't live forever. Someone has to manage them next. That's right. And, and you, then you have the, I don't know if the term is correct, the serial entrepreneurs who they love to flip businesses. They can't stay in there for too long. They'll do it well. They'll make it valuable, but they want to sell it to move on to the next thing. Yeah, and some of those people recognize that they're not built to run something yeah. or even – or even get it any bigger. Yeah. You know, they're good they're at not starting something. They're proving a point that yep. they don't want to be there yeah. to milk it to the yeah. end degree. Which is completely fine. I, I think we're, we're probably more good operationally. Like I love running the business and so do you. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
where do you think oh sorry actually yeah where, where do you think the wa economy is going you did mention things are picking up you're seeing more confidence can you elaborate certainly can i think a does it depends who you talk to as to when yeah. when that moment was, but I would say somewhere between some some people had a good July last year, yep. some people had a good September, but I think most people were feeling it by November that yep. the worm had turned yep. and that people were starting to um, consider uh, investment, consider. Yep growth possibilities, confidence. consider employing people, all confidence things. And confidence comes when people feel the bottom has been reached and 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 I guess it's more than the bottom because the bottom means, okay, I don't – it's not going to get any worse. Yeah. But it also means there's, there's an element there where, well, the bottom's been – we've reached the bottom but now people will get fidgety and they've got to do something. Yeah. And, and it – Make some decisions. Yeah. And, and you have to have the right environment for that. And I think in WA – what we've seen when we are a mining economy or mining is a huge part of that. And I think the fact that we didn't have any large mining businesses go out of business yeah. um, was significant. We've lost yeah. a lot of jobs. Yeah. And I would say somewhere between 40 and 50,000 yeah. people have gone, have left the state. Yeah. Many of them high paid people who we will miss and yeah. we have missed. And that yeah. is the reason we're having a downturn. Yeah. But, the doubt, the actual absolute bottom wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Um, and people are now going, well, hang on. Commodity prices are okay. China still exists. It's doing pretty well. If this is as bad as it gets, it's not that bad. Right, let's get on with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really, really, really positive, um, really positive kind of sentiment yeah. that's yeah. out there. Uh, and we're sensing that in our business. Yeah, yeah. All right, final question. If you were to go back in time, talk to your 20-year-old self about, you know, life in terms of career, what advice would you give that 20-year-old self? Yeah, so I guess um, there's a couple of things, isn't there? First of all, a little bit of – I kind of already uh, said it a little bit in terms of if you do think you're going to be somewhere or you're interested in doing something, or even if you're not, but you might end up there, you should be paying attention to how things are done and how things are run. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would say I probably, as much as I've watched CEOs from a distance through my work, yeah. I think I would say to me as a young fella, you know, pay close attention. Uh, as I did to editors who I worked for, I mm -hmm. watched them and saw what was good and bad. My view was I, all I am is a version of each of them having selected the best bits I can, um, albeit working them in my personality. So same with the CEO. And, um, and you know, I, I was – my work as an editor I've been doing it so long that it's, you know, it's pretty down pat and a little bit unstructured as a result. And that's one of the hardest things coming into CEO where other parts of the business, they expect more structure mm. and I don't necessarily know what I'm – doing so i should have paid more attention to how things yeah. are structured yeah. um a bit more belief in process perhaps um and look i think the other the other element is um when you're when you're young um you've got to you've got to go out and pursue alternatives mm. um via either education or you know step out of your comfort zone um uh, that would be and, – and, and I reckon one of the important 
critical elements that I would I would actually claim is missing in my life to some degree and I should have done more work and everyone would have told me this from the year dot is find a mentor, right? And I never did. Um, probably the closest thing I've had to a mentor was um, the guys that I've actually worked for, um, Harry Klein, who was the publisher uh, when I started a business news, and Elton Swartz, who's my current chairman. Both of them I've kind of you. They've been mentors, but we've worked together, so they've been my boss. So it's not quite the same as someone yeah. removed. And I think if you can find someone removed who you can be really honest with and who understands you as a character and doesn't push you to do things, but, but just gives you advice and maybe gives you feedback or almost a report card on, well, you said you want to do that, but you didn't, rather than you should do, you should do. Because I don't think any of us need someone pushing us somewhere because it will end up being where we don't want to be. Yeah. It's like a good manager helps someone get to where they should be, yeah. not pushes them there and then yeah. leaves them on their own. So I think I think that would be something I'd say, find that person out there. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of people willing to do it. That's great. Thanks, Mark. That was wonderful. Pleasure. It was really good. And uh, look, I hope everyone enjoyed that. And look, coming to you every Tuesday. And yeah, have a great week. Yeah.